Don't name your daughter Rhoda. Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So, I got bullied in ninth grade. That was the first year of high school where I was. Freshman. And it was kind of by a group of uh, kids. We were all in the same grade. And I think the way... I mean, I don't know how it started. Like, basically, I wasn't... uh, I wasn't ugly or short. I mean, you know, I was a normal... I was a normal... You know, I was an above-average height above average looks individual so i don't know how exactly they chose to bully me but these kids did and i'm not sure how it started so basically there was like four kids there was one of the kids like i had been in cub scouts with um previously like we were friends we were friends in cub scouts and then for whatever reason in ninth grade that changed then there's a couple twins and then there was another guy and basically, I'm not good at fighting. Um, the two twins and the other guy, they could all kick my butt. Uh, but the guy that I went to Cub Scouts with, he wasn't good at fighting either. And so, I don't know. I think that the, the Cub Scout kid, that's what we'll call him, um, I guess he was trying to be cool to the other guys or something. And so he was trying to bully me or something. I mean, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly how it started. But... Um, we made a pact, a deal, to meet in the bathroom before we got picked up by the school buses. Like in this high school, you you know, there's the you got out of class, and then maybe there was like a 15 minute period before you had to get on the bus. So me and the Cub Scout kid, um, we met in the bathroom. You know, I think the I think maybe the two twins were there. They didn't jump in or nothing. There's nothing crazy. This is all white people. This is all white, yokel, small-town people in Oregon. And so me and the Cub Scout kid, we got in a fight in the bathroom. And, like, he didn't... Whatever, I didn't know how to fight. I still don't know how to fight. And neither did he. And I think he kind of... I think he, like, ran up and, like, grabbed me around the waist. Which maybe could be the beginning of a good... You know, something called a suplex. Like in wrestling, maybe you grab someone around the waist... You turn them upside down and slam them on their head. But anyways, he couldn't pick me up or do anything to me. So he kind of ran up and grabbed me around the waist. I think pushed me into the wall. And then I was just kind of hammer fisting him, um, you know, the bottom of your fist on his back. And we did that for a while. And basically, my the thing he did to me didn't hurt me. The thing I did to him didn't hurt him. And then someone was like, oh, hey, the buses are coming. And we just stopped and we all... Whatever, that was the end of it. We all went and got on our respective buses. And that was the kind of it for the the Cub Scout kid and the two twins. I don't remember the twins' names. Um, they didn't jump in. They didn't really do anything. I mean, that's the end of the story for those three people. Uh, I will say, my, like, my cousin, like in fifth grade or something, dated one of the twins. You know, whatever that, you know, whatever that means. You know, like... Uh, kid a kid date who knows did they go on a chaperoned pizza party even once i have no idea i think they just said they were going out in school and nothing ever happened to it but it was kind of funny anyways one of my one of my one of those bullies my cousin so-called dated in fifth grade and that was actually at a different school like all the schools got put together into one for high school all right but then so i guess i'll say okay so the the kid the real bully so that didn't matter that wasn't nothing who cares but I'll say, the real bully, that was the other kid, right? The fourth kid. His name was Peter. Um, 
I'm going to say it right now in case he happens to be listening. That would be insane. Peter Garvey, hey, what are you doing today? Contact me. I forgive you. Please forgive me. But Peter was friends with the twins, and so because that little whatever had happened, he got it in his, in his mind to start bullying me also. And we were in the same class. I think it was English, but it doesn't really matter. But basically, there was no assigned seats in this class. So whatever, you could just walk in, you could sit wherever you want. And what he would do is, like, wherever I sat, he would go and take the seat behind me and harass me. And I think, you know, maybe he'd, like, take little wadded-up pieces of paper and throw it at the back of my head or whatever. Let me tell you, I did not like it. Being bullied is... It's very traumatic. You know, this sounds stupid. Oh, someone threw a piece of paper at the back of your head. Well, in ninth grade high school, this was traumatic. Like, you know, I didn't want to go to school. I think... Uh, like, I think I had a cold, like, just the barely, just the barelyest little bit of sniffles one time. And, uh, you know, I asked my mom, hey, can I stay home? And she let me stay home. I mean, she didn't know why, but, like, you know, I didn't want to stay home because I had, like, a tiny bit of sniffles. I wanted to stay home because this guy was sitting behind me in class every day harassing me. Like, back in my day, what year is this? This is, like, you know, 88 or something, but, uh, you know... I'll go too deep into it. You know, I think Columbine had not happened at that point. But if I'd ever heard of something like Columbine, who knows what I would have done. Like, you know, I would have done some revenge if it, if it would have even, would have, could have even occurred to me at the time. But so one day it came to a head. And like my best friend was in this class also. And he was sitting next to me. And so he watched it. Like my memory of it. I don't know. Like I saw red or I blacked out or whatever. My memory of it. Um was not correct. So it was good to have it was good to have a friend who's like who explained to me exactly what happened. So my incorrect memory of it was that he was kind of like I don't know, like touching my shoulder or like uh flicking my ear or something. But my friend who was sitting next to me, according to him at least, uh basically the bully, he punched me in the back of the head. And like I say, my brain kind of went crazy like you know I, I think I think my entire life I've been in control of my body and my actions except for right then and so anyways you know I guess in reality he punched me in the back of the head and so like I, I jumped up out of my seat and it, you had like a desk that was not connected to the chair and so like my desk goes flying one way my chair goes flying the other way I jump up and I turn around and I look at him and I'm sure I got a crazy expression on my face I wish I wish this was all on video and so I'm just standing there looking at him with a crazy expression on my face. And, you know, I think, and he stands up, he stands up out of his desk and he's like, come on, come on. And so I punch him right in his nose and just break his nose. Bam. Like I had no idea that I was about to punch him. He had no idea that I was about to punch him. It was a, it was a surprise to all of us and it broke his nose. It was just, you know, it's like a sucker punch. He was just standing there with his hands down at his side saying, come on, come on, and just boom, punch right to the nose. And, you know, you, you can see like in movies or whatever, you know, maybe online or what, you know, it's like, you know, what, what do you tell a kid who's being bullied? And they'd be like, oh, the bully is just as scared of you as you are of them and whatever. You know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of BS about bullying, but the answer is, Peter, he could kick my ass anytime he wanted. You know, he, he wasn't bullying someone that would kick his butt. He was bullying me because he could kick my ass anytime he wanted. 
And so I broke his nose and then he kicked my ass. I think I got off kind of lucky. I think all I got was a black eye, but you know, he punched me in my face and in my body and got me on the ground and blah, blah, blah. And the teacher, the teacher's there like going, ah, 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 like standing back not knowing what to do. She, she was worthless. And I think eventually he got me on the ground and kind of a half wrestling maneuver where he could punch me repeatedly. And then I think he got tired of that and tired of the teacher like screaming. And uh, that was the end of that fight. And, you know, am I a good person? Maybe not, because uh, for a while after that, I used to fantasize that after I broke his nose, I should have grabbed a desk or a chair and just gone to town on that <laughs> sucker. But I didn't. And then, so you're not allowed to fight in school. And so I got in-school suspension. I'm trying to remember exactly how this went down. So the first thing was my mom worked at the local hospital and she was there when he was taken to the hospital. I don't know if he was taken straight from school or went there the next day, but they had to like reset his nose. And apparently when you get a broken nose, like a good one, uh, it gives you two black eyes. So I don't, I don't think I ever saw him with the two black eyes and the broken nose, but that's what happened to him. Peter, sorry. And your lucky Columbine was not something I'd ever heard of. But so he didn't come back to school for like a week or something. You know, he didn't come back to school until he was looking better. And so, whatever, for the next week, it was like, sweet. Uh, I was home free. He wasn't, he wasn't in school, you know. My, the villain of my life was not in school and made school awesome. And like I say, I can't remember because I got in-school suspension, which was like, whatever. You had to, after, I guess, after the school day was over, you had to sit in a room with the other people who had in-school suspensions and wait for an hour or something. And you did that for a few number of days. That was your punishment. Okay. I think this is what happened was we were both supposed to have in-school suspension. So it was like, I was going to be put in a room with my bully, with his blackened, broken, black eyes and broken nose. And we were just going to have to like sit there together for however long. Maybe it was all day long. I guess it was all day long. That's right. You didn't go to class. So in-school suspension was you went to a room and you just sat. Kind of like Breakfast Club movie, if you ever saw that. And I think maybe I got, you know, three days of in-school suspension. And so it was supposed to be me and him stuck in a freaking room. I mean, how, for, whatever. Administrators, you idiots. Anyways, but luckily for me, he just didn't come to school. So that's right. I avoided him during in-school suspension. Plus, being bullied and fighting back a tiny bit, you shouldn't get any suspension, but whatever. So I don't remember the timeline exactly, but here, here's an interesting thing. Like, if you're a parent with a kid being bullied, like, I think I told my mom that I was being bullied, you know, whatever. I, I complained to my mom about being bullied, and so she called the school, and the answer is the school did absolutely nothing. A parent call, you know, this is back in the day, it might be different to, you know, nowadays, like, if you, you know, you point your finger in the shape of a gun or something while eating hot dogs in class, and, you know, you get, you get expelled for the year if you're, you know, in third grade, but anyway, she called the school, said, my kid's getting bullied, and the school did nothing, but then she did something else, and boy, I was so embarrassed, but it worked. I didn't want her to do any of this stuff, you know, I probably wished I hadn't have told her. You want to be a man. In ninth grade, you're trying to be a man. But she called the cops. And the cops called, and the, cops called the school. And all of a sudden, the people at the school were like, oh, whatever. They listened. Instead of not listening, they started listening. 
And I think they, uh, whatever, moved him out of my class. I didn't have to be in the same class with that guy anymore. And there was this other weird thing that happened. So, like, I think the vice principal was in charge of uh, punishment, I guess. It was this lady. But so after all this went down, one day the, the vice principal in charge of punishment comes up to me and starts talking to me about Peter. And she's telling me that apparently, like, I don't know what, six months ago or a year ago or something, his parents moved to another state and he stayed. And he was living with those twins I mentioned earlier. So like he was living with his friends, staying in the town that we all lived in, even though his parents had moved away. So, you know, I mean, this did not, at the time, I did not think, oh, this guy had a hard life, but maybe he had a hard life. I don't know. But anyways, this lady, this vice principal is talking to me, telling me this stuff. And basically she's like saying, you know, he has a hard life. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have, he can't live with his parents because they moved to another state or something. And then she asks me, well, maybe he could live with you. And I don't know what look I got on my face when she said that, but she, she took one look at my face and was like, uh, guess not. It was just weird. And there's a couple times that I bullied people, so let's, let's throw that in here. Yeah, both times it was on the school bus. Like, you know, I used to, whatever, I lived in a rural area, so you had about 45 minutes or something on the school bus in the morning and in the afternoon. And both times, I mean, this is, I feel, I don't know if I feel bad, but I shouldn't have done it. I was a bad person. Someone should have smacked me anyways. I bullied people two times, and both times it was girls. Boys should not bully girls, although, I mean, it wasn't physically violent. One time was this girl, Alicia. I'm sure Alicia is not listening to me, but if you are, Alicia, I truly am sorry. It's like me and a couple other boys, we would tell her that she was a problem. And this is, I don't know what grade this is, fourth grade or something, third grade. We'd be like, you're a problem, and... For whatever reason, I mean, well, just because bullying frickin' sucks. Anyways, it really got to her. For us to tell her that she was a problem, and that's all we said, you're a problem, uh, it just, it made her so distraught, it was terrible. And basically, you know, if she had been like, but all she, all, you know, if at the very, very beginning, if she would just been like, you know, hey, you're a problem, and she'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a problem, or something, you know, if she, if she could have laughed it off, that would have been the end of it, but because it made her distraught, it was like a button. She had a big button that made her distraught, that made her uh, unhappy. Big fat red button, and all you had to say was, you're a problem. And so we would just, every day we'd, uh, whatever, hammer that button. So that was bad. And I don't remember how long that went on. You know, Maybe that was one day, one week. It was more than one day, actually. I'm not sure. I don't, we didn't do it for a whole year or something. And on the bus, you know, on the bus it was easier to get away from your bullies. You go sit on a different seat. But so what we did to Alicia, that wasn't cool. But then what we did to Rototiller, that was even less cool. So this is probably about fifth grade, and this girl named Rhoda moved to our town, like in the middle of the school year. Like, so just, boom, all of a sudden she's going to our school and she's on our bus when we never seen her before. You know, otherwise, you know, every, you know, everyone on the bus you've known for years. You've been riding the same bus with the same people for years. 
But boom, here's this girl named Rhoda. And she was really annoying because, I mean, she was ugly, but kind of who cares? I mean, there's lots of ugly boys and ugly girls on the bus. Being ugly did not necessarily make you stand out. But she would always talk about how at, at her previous school, how she was the most popular girl at the previous school and her boyfriend was like the, the coolest boy in the whole school. And it was just, it was, that was, it was obviously a lie. This ugly girl was not the most popular kid at, the, at her previous school and her boyfriend was not the coolest boy at the previous school. And unfortunately, her name was Rhoda, so we nicknamed her Rhoda Tiller. And the other, the other bullying I was kind of in charge of, Rototiller's bullying was not, I was not in charge of it. Basically, the whole freaking bus was calling her Rototiller. And once again, calling her that was just like a big fat red button that made her upset. And just so people were just hammering that button. For her, they really did hammer it. I did it some, but mostly it was just, I'm not going to take total responsibility. It was a lot of the other kids. But anyways, I think, you know, a few times... We, the bus, the bus full of kids, uh, I think we got her to like, you know, run off the bus crying, you know, got to her stop and she just would run off the bus crying. And that happened, I don't know, a few times and then we never saw her again. Like I always thought that we drove her away from the school. I have no idea. Maybe her family just randomly moved after that. But I always thought kind of, I, I guess I always thought the family moved because of what we did to poor Rhoda, but uh, actually I have no idea. They may have just randomly moved. Maybe, you know, whatever. She might have lucked out. I don't know. But there you go. Sometimes you're the uh, victim. Sometimes you're the perpetrator. Twitter handle at Religion of Woke, and thanks for listening.